Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun. Welcome into the Victory Bells podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Hey, guys. Oh, big golfs, huh? All right. On Red Raider Sports Radio. Well, see you later. And now, here's Will. Great cash, homie. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the latest edition of the Victory Bells podcast. Brought to you from right here in the Hypnotic Donuts studios. If you guys aren't checking out our our, our friends, Hypnotic Donuts, in that in Denton or in Dallas, you know, out there in DFW, I highly encourage you, as as Matt can attest, as a as an actual customer of uh-huh. uh, said business, if uh, you're uh, hankering for uh, some sweets or some chicken biscuits or anything along those lines, I, I highly encourage you to go out there. And if you aren't following them on Instagram, I also highly encourage that. So they're there at uh, Hypnotic Donuts on Instagram. They're always posting some goodies and some uh, notes about some deals they got going on. So. Always go check that out. I'm Will McKay, your host right here in the LBK, alongside my buddy Matt Clare down in Houston. How you doing, Matt? Doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, blowing and going this week as we get ready for, uh, or I guess here's where we're going to talk about some Junior Day stuff that happened this last weekend, but had that going on, got lots of baseball going on, Tech going out to Kentucky to, to play Kentucky and uh, Louisville in baseball this weekend for a, a big series. Then basketball is obviously in the Big Twelve tournament in the postseason, so we got uh, we just got tons of stuff going on here right now, my man. Yeah, interested to see what happens with the basketball team. It seems like uh, seems like everything's coming together, and then obviously Coach Beard having his new deal announced, so a lot of momentum. Uh, I think I read somewhere that the the Tech baseball team, you know, a lot of the national discussion about them still being a top three team. Clearly, they're undefeated, but a lot of the conversation about you know what are they. What are they going to be like without Gingery? Um, but a lot of the national guys were like, whoa, they've been stockpiling arms and they've already pitched 14 guys, yada, yada, yada. So, I mean, I think beating a, a top 25 team and sweeping them at home uh, was another statement for them. So just really exciting all around. And, and like you said, we're going to jump into the junior day stuff where you had, I would say, well over 30 prospects in town over the well, uh, course of two days. Um, and it, it was probably more than that. Um, I know we've talked to 24, 25 kids so far uh, since Sunday, and so uh, we'll keep plugging away. But a lot of a lot of positive responses, and um, really, I mean, not to to take away from the other two sports that that we're going to talk about here, but but really, we talked about last week the facilities. I mean, all that really came through, um, and and of course, you know, a lot of the kids that visited Lubbock for the first time, you know, they they think it's just a small country town. Or people have told us, oh, there's you know nothing out there, yada yada yada. Uh, it's pretty interesting to see you know how perspective can be changed and how the coaches kind of tackle some of that. Um, but you know, it just goes to say, you got to get the kids in town. You've got to change that perspective, and you got to give them something to think about when they leave. So I, I think uh, all around, you know, pretty good effort here by the coaches because we've talked about junior days and how they've done it in years past, but. Uh, to have that many kids on campus over the past couple of days to kick off spring practice, to complete the coaching staff, I'd say it was a pretty good weekend for Tech football. Yeah, man, it, it undoubtedly was. It, I, it was a great weekend with everything that was going on. And 
uh, yeah, just excited to see, uh, you know, what, what you kind of get out of this here weekend because, you know, you had a ton of kids in, in town and, and I think a bunch of kids that, uh, were offered and you offer a, a handful of new guys and it just kind of sounds like everybody, I mean, for the most part, it was just kind of a, a huge success as a whole. So yeah, let's just kind of dive into the, just kind of the overall reaction and, and just kind of the, uh, feedback we got here, Matt. And I think, you know, the thing that really stuck out to me is that uh, I, I think all these guys said that they just kind of loved the the energy of what was going on around the weekend. And I think above all that, just I think the facilities really jumped out to a lot of these guys, like you said. Yeah, no, it was clear. I mean, I think that uh, even the even more interesting uh, to add to that is just kids that have already visited, whether it was last year or for a game this year. Yeah. And they talked about it being a finished product uh, in terms of the indoor uh, they talked about, you know, just some of the little things around the stadium and, and they talked about the new coaches. So um, a lot of positive feedback. Again, uh, all of this is on the website. Uh, like I said, over over 24 reactions so far and, and counting. And so it's pretty interesting to see, like we talked about last week, you know, who are some of these top targets? And uh, if you want to, I think we can just kind of pick some of our favorites or pick some of the guys that we talked with uh, from the weekend uh, but I thought, you know, even coming into it, we talked a lot about the the offensive firepower, but even some of the guys on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Will, I'll let you just kind of kick it off, whether it's offense or defense, kind of, you know, who stood out to you and, and you know, in terms of reading their reaction, uh, you know, who do, who do you think the, the coaches did a good job with this weekend? Uh, I'll just kind of start with an easy one here where we talk about, uh, I think Jaden Jernigan is a guy that Tech obviously is already in really, really good shape with and... Sounds like it was just another great visit for him. Uh, didn't do anything. Sounds like to me for his, for his just kind of, uh, you know, for for his thoughts on tech to, to waver at all. It sounds like you just kind of re-solidified up with him, and sounds like things are going great with him. And I know we're going to get into it a little bit later, but I think he's one of the guys on here that you feel just just great about where things are at. And and I think that uh, yeah, it just sounded like he had a, had a great overall visit because the last time he was in town. Uh, was last fall and they hadn't finished the indoor yet at that point so he got to see all that kind of stuff and uh he actually even got to i mean he was one of the few guys i think that he actually ended up going to the basketball game too uh so i think that that was something that was exciting for him because he got to see that whole deal as far as the whole atmosphere at the basketball game uh so yeah i I think for him he kind of got a complete picture maybe some of these guys didn't dig because he went to the basketball game and all that Agreed. Uh, well, I'm going to stay at Allen High School, uh, but I'm going to go back to offense. And, and I know you and I are going to chop it up on the quarterback position here in a minute. But having Grant Tisdale in town, uh, four-star guy, one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks in the country, um, and, and obviously a guy at, at Allen High School who's playing big-time football. So uh, if you haven't watched his tape, definitely do so. But you know, really along the lines of what we were just talking about in terms of that perception, you get a kid out to Lubbock for the first time, and he goes through and he sees everything and he meets the coaches and he says, it actually surprised me. It was better than I thought it would be. I would actually really enjoy myself down here. It, the whole visit just opened my eyes a little bit. Texas Tech is, is actually a really good place. Yeah. So, you know, you get – I mean, again, I don't I – don't, you know, immediately scream negative recruiting, 
But a lot of these kids that have grown up in a Dallas and Allen, a Houston or whatever, um, they just kind of think of a Lubbock or like a West Texas town as just, you know, this small town. And, you know, we've all been there uh, going to Lubbock for the first time. Well, actually, I know you're a West Texas guy, but for me going out there, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And I still tell people the story like from the airport. My mom and I rented a car. We drove around the loop like two or three times before we figured it out. And so depending on kind of when you get in town, what your perceptions are there, I just think it can go a long way. And then you add on top of that, which is really the whipped cream and the cherry is is the new facilities and the ability to, to really kind of make a kid like this a priority while he's in town. So anyway, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the state, if not the country, um, you really kind of changed his his opinion of Texas Tech in one weekend. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's what's going to be interesting here as we talk about, like you said, quarterbacks here in a minute. So uh, I think he's a really, really dang good one, and I think you're excited about uh, what you've got going on there with him. So, yeah, I, I feel like uh, yeah, I feel like that's one where you really kind of put your best foot forward. Uh, we'll stay on offense for another guy I have on my list, uh, a guy that is really starting to blow up here, uh, and he's actually a local. That'd be uh, King uh, Doru, I guess is how you pronounce it. I still haven't figured it out. We're gonna have to ask him and then get some get some clarification on my man. Sure. Uh, but who plays in Tascosa from Amarillo and. You know, being a local kid, I think he he understands what to expect in Lubbock, and he he knows what uh, you know what's going on at at, at Tech. But I think that uh, what he got to do too was, I think he really got to sit down with with uh, Clay McGuire, Coach McGuire, for the first time, and really got to spend some time around him, and it seemed like he really enjoyed that, and uh, really enjoyed getting to spend time with both him and Coach Kingsbury, and and, and sounds like he just loves what he sees from the fan base because he's another one of these guys that actually went to the the t- TCU basketball game on on Saturday afternoon as well and uh sounds like you know Tech really has kind of put their best foot forward there with him and he's actually a guy that the week before went and visited A&M for their junior day so I think he's a guy that that as far as a local product goes that seems to me like you put your best foot forward with him and you know, you never really know with these West Texas kids what they'll ultimately decide to do, whether they want to stay home or they want to go somewhere else. But I, I think for all intents and purposes, and no two, something interesting there is he's friends with Langston Anderson, uh, right. who's, who's a receiver. And it sounds like both those guys just had a great time together on the visit. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of honeymoon love uh, when you talk to them right after the visit. So uh, grains of uh, grains of slaw, right? But uh, there were, I mean, I would say behind that, there are a couple of other very impressive running backs in town. So anytime you kind of get that uh, mental mind trick to where it's like, hey, you know, you're our top guy. Here's three other running backs that want that spot right. too. you know, let us know how you feel um, uh, again, possibility. But uh, yeah, no, agreed, uh, you know, to the to have the, the friendship that Langston Anderson had mentioned uh, as well as another, you know, kind of high profile receiver starting to blow up himself. So I know they've taken some visits together. I thought um, if we're doing, you know, I don't know how much time we're going to spend on the entire list, but um, just staying on offense, if I'm looking at guys that, you know, are pretty high on Texas tech right now, I've got to mention Trevor Stange from Coppell. This is his third time to visit tech. Um, I did not ask. And in hindsight, I need to go and look, I want to say maybe mom or dad went to Texas tech, 
Uh, but he's very familiar. He was out there with mom this weekend, got to sit down with Coach Jones and Coach Kingsbury. Um, and he's trying to make a decision this summer. And he really had some glowing things to say about Texas Tech. So uh, definitely a guy to keep in touch with. Uh, definitely a guy that I could see committing to Texas Tech in the end. Um, and, it, and it'll be a battle against some other Big 12 programs. Um, in terms of in terms of defense, you know, we did see a couple of offers. And I saw a couple of kids that visited that you know, just really had an impressive frame, Will. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree And I, I'm going to just throw out the the one guy that got an offer uh, and, and just mentioned that Maitland has a full story on our website today uh, with him. But but uh, I think it's Jared Hopper. Yeah, Jared Hopper, uh, yeah. Okay. And he's from Mansfield Legacy, which is important uh, because you had a commitment from Legacy last year and he came with a teammate. So, um, you know, any, any continuity that you can have there is a positive thing. Uh, but again, just kind of changed his perception of Lubbock, got to meet with coach Kingsbury and got to sit down with coach Gibbs. So, you know, I, I think these guys had a really good time together and now what they have to do is follow up in the spring and, uh, go touch base with these guys, build that relationship. And, you know, I think they've just put themselves in a, a pretty good mix. I think what you see the most, and, and I guess when I say checks the boxes, right, uh, our our readers will look at the star ranking, okay, three star or above, you know, and then you look at the offers, okay, you know, Colorado, Nebraska, this, that, and the other, okay, now we're, you know, now we're really starting to get impressed, and then now what do they say about the 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 visit and the offer from Tech? So, yeah, you know, I think in terms of those boxes, he checks checks all three, seemed to seemed you know happy about the offer and. You know, I think it will, based on that initial board that we had presented that, you know, it had a lot of offers where they were just like no brainer offers in the yeah. defensive backfield. Maybe not guys that were seriously considering tech. And so now you're starting to see more offers. You're starting to see other prospects that the coaches have in town. And I saw a bunch of guys that were still six foot and above. So I think Gibbs still has his fingerprint on that. But we still get to learn more about how Clay Jennings recruits. Um, and a name I heard a lot this weekend, Will, was Coach Dewhurst. So we can't forget yeah. the 10th assistant. We can't forget uh, the the addition that, that, that's been made there uh, to go along with Clay Jennings at the safety position. So I heard his name a lot. Um, and I think that they're working together on the recruiting trail. Yeah, absolutely sounds like it. And uh, excited to see what Coach Dewhurst kind of gets done here. As a younger guy that can kind of be, I think, an energy guy, he's a guy that, I mean, he's not very far off from playing at Tech. I mean, it's been, you know, less than, you know, less than, I think five or six years since he was, at, you know, actually a player. So he, he's got a good feeling for Lubbock and what it looks like whenever it's rocking and rolling at Tech. And uh, I think he can be a really good tool for you, maybe under the radar tool uh, for you on the recruiting trail. But uh, one more guy I wanted to mention, and we already brought up his name, was Langston Anderson from Heritage, from uh, Midlothian Heritage. And uh, he's a receiver that this is the first time that we've kind of gotten a chance to, to get in touch with him. And he's one of these guys that said that he thought that, you know, he didn't know what to think about Lubbock, thought it was just some, like, small kind of outpost in the middle of nowhere, and uh, really kind of opened his eyes to what Lubbock and Tech were on his visit and sounded like he loved everything he saw as far as uh, the facilities. And on top of that, what he saw from Coach Jones as far as a receivers coach, and when he got to watch them practice, just loved the attention to detail, uh, just how he got after it, and I think, too, uh, again, as a receiver, he's a guy that he sees the legacy of, of Tech receivers, and that stands out to him. And, uh, yeah, I think that, that that visit just went great for him and sounds like you really put your best foot forward with him this weekend. 
Absolutely. Well, I don't know how much we want to keep going, but definitely check that out. There's a yeah. lot of guys that we haven't mentioned. Uh, again, I know, like we said before, maybe heavy on the offensive linemen, heavy on the receivers, heavy on the skill set guys. Uh, but there's definitely some some DB targets sprinkled in two, here. I guess two got offered because Markel Reed picked up an offer as well, right? Markel Reed. Yes, he did. You're so, right. So those, Sorry. Both those guys, it, yeah. I'm, I'm just going through all these, and it's hard to find them automatically. But, yes, uh, that was the DB we talked about out of Temple. Um, so, again, go check all of this out. Uh, more information on the new coaches, particularly Clay Jennings and Clay McGuire. Uh, excuse me. Clay, it's just Clay. Yeah. Okay, there's yeah, two Clay's. Both. Clay okay, Clay I was just Jennings. making sure I yeah, wasn't we making both. a mistake there. We got um, and then Brett Dewhurst. I mean, a lot of feedback there. Uh, these guys are in there already doing work on the recruiting trail. Um, so not only did Markel Reed get an offer, there's at least two or three other offers that we're not talking about. The, the cool part for me uh, was we turned the page to 2019. We focus in on the offers. We focus in on some of the targets. But you have to remember there's so much more being done behind the scenes. Because, you know, you see this kid, Kennedy Lewis, posting pictures and getting an offer. And then you look him up. He's got no pictures, no real data, but 6'4", 195, 5'6", um, 3-star. And he looked the part in his pictures. So, you know, you, you don't know a lot about You can't know every prospect. But very interesting to see just guys like that pop up on the screen um, and, and all of a sudden that they're there, right? Because, you know, we get we get positive feedback. We get negative feedback just depending on what certain recruits say. But then after an event like this, you're like, oh, okay, well, they've been talking to these other six guys. Mm -hmm. um, so then it all kind of evens itself out. But, yeah, a lot of guys we could talk about. Uh, it would take a long time to go through each and every one, uh, but that's the whole point of the site. Yes. You know, we've got the Junior Day reactions up. You can ask us any questions you want. Um, just add us or send us an email if you need to, um, and we'd be more than happy to answer your questions. But we'll continue to get more feedback. But like we said at the top, all in all, you know, a lot of kids on campus, uh, a, a great chance to showcase your program. That's what these times are for. Um, and then, you know, I know we wanted to, to move on to the quarterback position, but just to kind of put a cap on junior day stuff, uh, if you look at it, it's one month until the coaches uh, play a scrimmage again uh, in Frisco at the Star, the the Cowboys facility there. And I know you and I had covered the event last year, and there was over 100 recruits in attendance mm -hmm. there. So another chance to showcase the program. Um, on the field and off the field um, and, and just do that right there at a, a beautiful facility there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But you'll also be going back to Midland, which has become an annual tradition. And then they'll round that out That's with – 24th. The Midland's on the 24th of March, so in a couple of weeks. Right, right. Um, and then on top of that, you'll have the, the spring game there in Lubbock. So there's going to be a lot of chances to, to both see the team in action and a lot of chances for them to – host prospects, um, you know, throughout the next couple of weeks and then even in Midland and Frisco and ultimately there in Lubbock for the spring game. So I think we'll see a lot of actions. We'll see some more offers and we'll certainly see a lot of kids both in 2019 and underclassmen attend the event in Frisco, very similar to last year. So, uh, Will, any final uh, junior day thoughts before we move on to the quarterbacks? Uh, just in general, just sounded like it went great. And uh, I, I think if anything else, I think this is a thing where – you get a chance to at least kind of, you know, you kind of put together a, a, some building blocks and you build a base for these kids as far as your school and what they know about you uh, and just expectations in the recruiting process moving forward. You just kind of get some roots down with them if you know you know what I'm saying. So I, I think that's, that's just the best thing you did here with 30-plus kids in town. So it sounded like it all went off without a hitch. But 
one kid that wasn't here this weekend and and who will be or this last weekend but will be in Lubbock this next weekend so this upcoming Thursday I believe is my understanding is uh quarterback Jacob Zeno from John Jay down there in San Antonio who uh didn't get a chance to make it in for junior day I think too maybe some of that is they wanted to kind of bring him in on his own and just really let him uh just have a kind of a one-on-one weekend with him down here and and uh he's a kid that i think is clearly your number one target at quarterback right now and i i think from what we've heard matt it sounds like he may already have a top three here and he may be uh he may be kind of getting ready to not 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 make a decision necessarily but he's starting to narrow things down a little bit and, and tech clearly in the mix there yeah, I mean, that's all you can ask for at this point. I, I believe he's added to at least one offer, you know, every day over the past yes. couple of weeks. He added Georgia today. Uh, this is Wednesday morning we're recording this. And so um, we had talked to them last week. We had gotten the update that he was going to visit with a few this quotes. Um, we would like to – sorry about that. Forgot to mute my computer. <laughs> um, we uh, uh, we forgot to uh, get more – not forgot. Sorry. I forgot to mute my computer, and I was talking. So let me start over. So uh, the deck. We're, we're uh, efforting to get more of a full update from him before the visit. Um, but either way, we'll get his thoughts after the visit. Um, my colleague at the Baylor site talked to him after the Baylor offer, and he had told them that he has a current top three of Texas Tech, Baylor, and Florida. And so uh, I know an offer from Georgia may change that. More and more offers, like I said, over the past couple of weeks could possibly change them when we talk to him. But but fact of the matter is, even just exchanging messages and trying to learn more about the visit, you know, he's he's building a good relationship with Coach Johns and he just gets a lot of attention from Coach Kingsbury. So I think right now it's more of an effort thing. It's more of a priority thing. And like we talked about, even with Tisdale, um, and I'll let you add, you know, what you learned from from another quarterback who is in town this weekend. Um, you know, they're they're really kind of focused in on their top targets and, and you, you hit the uh, nail on the head. I think it goes Zeno and then they'll move to Tisdale and then they'll just figure it out after that. If you don't need um, one of them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right now. I think Kingsbury is the highest on uh, Zeno. And, and like I said, you know, I probably rambled on a couple of podcasts before, but you look around the state and M they don't have a quote unquote commit right now, but I do think Gunnell will eventually get back with A&M okay. depending on, you know, what he sees from the coaching staff. Um, but Texas, OU, a lot of these other guys, they have their quarterback. And so until somebody else really charges and pushes for that commitment, right now it looks like Baylor, Florida, possibly now Georgia. Uh, but you look at that and, and you're going to have to battle for this kid. But right now they're going to give it their their best shot and you know kind of make him say no. So it's interesting that he's coming in. He's getting to see the practice, getting a lot of that one-on-one time. So I'll be interested to get his feedback and just kind of see what he says about the you know the whole setup. The thing too that's interesting to me about it with as far as a quarterback goes is coming in this spring specifically, they kind of get to see what it looks like when Coach Kingsbury has a true quarterback battle going on. You know what I'm saying? Where there's not an entrenched starter uh, as far as who the guy is. So I think they kind of get to see what it looks like whenever he's coaching up a couple different guys and trying to make a decision as far as who he wants to start uh, moving forward. And and I think that. You know, maybe that's an important thing for these kids to say, okay, so I know this is what it's going to look like whenever I come in here, instead of just coming in on a visit and saying, oh, well, he's the entrenched starter. And, and I think clearly when that's the case, I think your, your your head coach or quarterback's coach clearly treats things differently. Wouldn't you agree? No, I mean, I would I would absolutely agree. And, um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have anything else to add to that besides it's just a, a, a great opportunity to, to have him on campus and to really, you know, hone that in. Cause we've talked about that before there, there is an open quarterback competition. All three of these guys are taking snaps and one-on-ones and uh, it's, you know, he'll be able to show that, Hey, I've already got an early enrollee from the, the last season. This could be you next year in practice, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, here's what, here's my track record with quarterbacks. I mean, it's, I'm sure there's some other schools that can say some of that stuff, but the Baylor coaches, no way, you know what I mean? No, and, and the, yeah. the Florida coaches, yes, yes, they can. But then again, you know, does he want to go to Florida and, and is he their top target? Uh, right. So it, it just kind of depends and, and you just got to keep selling that and selling that and selling that. No, you do, and that's the thing, is that you just have to keep on him. And I think the good thing here for Tech is that they were kind of the first school to really even get on him, period, as far as a Power 5 school goes. And it seems like from everything that that uh, you know Zeno's told us or he's told anybody is that you know Coach Kingsbury's really been in on him and, and I think consistent with him from day one is just kind of saying, you know, you're the guy, I want you to be the guy. So I, I think that that does some good things for you here, and, and I think it's got to excite you about the possibility for this weekend. But like Matt said, we're going to try to get with him today before he comes in tomorrow. Uh, hopefully we can get in touch with him and get that done so you guys will have a preview of his visit coming up. But What do you think? I mean, obviously we talked about him being the top, but in, you know, in terms of – I mean, he's 6'4", almost 200, and then you look at Tisdale, 6'1", 190, and maybe both those need to be tweaked a bit. But, you know, in terms of the, the difference, there's a there's kind of a style difference there too, right? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you think that – I mean, because Kingsbury usually kind of locks in on one guy. I mean, what do you think you've, – you've probably watched their tapes. What do you think is kind of the biggest difference between Zeno and Tisdale? I mean, I think the thing with Zeno is – and you'd probably agree with me, Matt, he's more of a pocket passer and less of a true runner than Grant Tisdale is. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think he relies less on the scramble. Yeah. No, he does. And I think the thing that really jumps out to me and maybe the difference between Tisdale and, and Zeno is, is that Zeno, I think, and like I said, I haven't seen him throw in person, but – Whenever I watch him on film, he makes some really impressive throws at times for a guy who was just 16 years old uh, this last year. I mean, some like I, I think kind of the you know the litmus test for how good of an arm you have to me anyway is how well do you throw an out route and or, or corner routes, you know, things where you're trying to squeeze it into like small windows. And to me, he makes a, a bunch of those throws on his film that really just jump out at me. And I, I think that, yes, while Coach Kingsbury and I think that now Coach Johns, I think they really want to make RPO stuff and they really want to make, uh, you know, not just RPO, but I think some read option stuff really more part of the offense where the quarterback gets more involved in the run game moving forward. But I think that watching Zeno, I don't think he's incapable of running. I think he's just more in the vein of maybe a Mahomes or a Carter and, may, and maybe less so a Duffy where, I don't know, while Duffy has the ability, I mean, he ran around a lot when he was in, in you know, while he was at uh, at Lake Ridge. But mm-hmm. I, I think the thing that sticks out to you, though, is, is like all these guys are probably pocket passers before they're runners, even if they have good running ability. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you – I mean, that's that kind of brings it full circle to what I was thinking, though, is you have – uh, you have that right now in your quarterback competition. You've got a guy who's maybe a, a little bigger, more of a pass-first guy. And then I don't want to label Duffy a run-first guy, but, I mean, he's 
clearly, yeah, you know, yeah. more, yeah, quicker, more athletic. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, but, but obviously, uh, you know, after this week, we're going to see where that shakes out. But it's funny. We spend so much time on quarterback and, and there's so much to like from this weekend. But but uh, we wanted to finish it off with, you know, what you had heard. And uh, you had mentioned that I think it was Will Kuhn from o- right, Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, you had interviewed him. He is actually in town this weekend. He's a, a three star quarterback prospect out of Oklahoma with you know a couple of impressive offers. So what did he have to say? And, and what were the, what was the messaging there from the coaches? Yeah, a kid from uh, Tulsa plays at Owasso up there, and yeah, he's a guy that you know I think that Tech's pretty pretty you know knows knows pretty well. I know he's been to a couple of camps in Lubbock over the last couple years. Uh, he went to that camp they had up in Tulsa there. Remember that a couple years ago, uh, and I think that that he's just really familiar with this Tech staff, and I think specifically with Zach Spavitals, who he's really familiar with. So. Uh, there's a pretty good relationship there, I think, as far as they know each other pretty well, and there's lots of familiarity. So he came out for Junior Day over the over the weekend, and essentially, I think what Coach Kingsbury told him uh, was that, and I think he was, he was honest with him. He said, "Look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think you know Grant Tisdale and and uh, Jacob, you know Jacob Zeno are our top two guys right now. And if those guys tell us no, then we'll kind of move on to our other targets. And I think insinuating that." I think Will Coon and I think that probably Maverick McIver would probably be two of your your next couple ones you looked at. I would guess uh, down on the list. I think Chris Heron's another quarterback uh, that they probably they might look at as well. But yeah, those are three guys I think they'd probably be interested in next. But yeah, o- overall, just to say, I think that that they clearly. I think the fact that Coach Kingsbury is willing to say that to a prospect means that they're definitely lasered in on those two above all. Yep. Well, I mean that that pretty much says it all and. I mean, I, I like. I was making the comment on the board. I like this approach. Um, you kids like you, it when you're honest with them. I think. Well, quarterbacks like it when you make them your priority, and yeah. it's 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 a long play, right? I mean, it could be a, a situation where uh, my lab is like snoring in the background. <laughs> if you hear like a whistling sound, I can do nothing about that. Um, but but especially a quarterback, they like when you're very upfront, very honest, and and you know if you're their top priority, that's great. It's a long play, right? A lot of these kids can, you know, say that they're going to wait before their senior season or they're going to take their officials. And the coaches have to say, you know, they have to be consistent. They can't uh, – I'm going to say can't, but it's not an advisable thing to say, no, uh, go commit somewhere else. We're going to move on to another guy, right? Especially no, when you're no. talking about Jacob Zeno. So uh, I think a lot will hinge on kind of what happens this weekend, how they sit down. Uh, we'll get all of his feedback and the details from said visit. Uh, and then, you know, just kind of how they play it through the spring. I think uh, a lot of these guys, like I said, will be in Frisco or they'll be back for another unofficial visit. And especially with Zeno, there's two things to remember. Early grad, um, and, and not only did he mention Tech in the current top three, but he also said that he's going to take advantage of the new rules where he can take visits here from April to June. So I think you'll see him back in Lubbock. You know, maybe he'll take some visits to the places that are a little further away. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens. Yep, we will have to see what happens there with the rest of this spring. And speaking of the rest of the spring, uh, you know, don't want to forget that the Red Raiders are actually going through spring practice right now. Are about, I guess, here here in a day or two, they'll have been a week into spring ball. So still early on uh, as far as so far, they haven't, I don't think, put the pads on yet. So, yeah, still trying to, I think, go through some early, early things here as far as uh, spring ball goes. But, 
Yeah, I just wanted to kind of get into a couple things here that uh, have really stuck out to me as far as what Coach Kingsbury said and what we've heard from uh, maybe some of the other staff members. So we've talked to Coach Kingsbury. Uh, we've talked to both coordinators and Kevin Johns and uh, David Gibbs. And, yeah, Matt, seems like things are, are, are really getting rolling here and uh, excited to see where they go the rest of spring. But it, it seems to me like defensively, and, and you may you probably agree with me, I guess, Matt, is that it's so funny because the focus – seems to all be on the offense because defensively and for the first time in forever you return 10 out of 11 starters and on top of that you only lose like three guys out of the total two deep so there's just not much conversation about the defense because it's all all the guys you know which is just kind of a, a weird thing for us around here yeah i mean i don't know um it's 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 not weird, I guess, as weird from where I sit, but um, in terms of um, in terms of where it's going, I mean, you, you have to like you have to like what you see. Yeah, no, I I think you like what you see defensively as far as you know what you bring back, and I think you're excited to see what a year older this group looks like. And I think one of the things that that I think is this coaching staff is really excited about this spring is that because so many of these guys have played so many snaps for Tech already, as far as on the defensive side of the ball there's not as much teaching going on as there normally would be as far as like the basic installs and that kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong. They still do, I think, some touch-ups and some basic reinstalls of, of their basic packages, but there's there's so many older guys here that I think they can focus more in on some little details of things they want specific guys to get better with. And I think that the hope here is, is that because you bring so many older guys back into the mix that there just won't be very much of a learning curve and the defense can just kind of keep on rolling here. Meanwhile, on the offensive side of the ball, and, you know, I think what you're going through here because you're going to have some new starters at receiver at, at three of the four positions because you obviously bring back T.J. Vasher, but you don't bring back any other starters, is there's lots of open competition there at receiver right now. Uh, at running back where uh, Trey King's dinged up a little bit and he's going to miss the first couple of day, days of practice. Uh, I, I think that you get to see your running backs, including Davion Ward, uh, kind of go through the spring here and maybe get some more reps. And then obviously we've got an open competition here at the quarterback spot. So there's just lots of unknown on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, I think that's, you know, I think while it makes you nervous, I think it's exciting too because you've got so much unknown on that side of the ball for the first time in a while. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, it, it's definitely exciting. And I think as more spring practice goes along and we get to see bits and pieces, I mean, we'll get to see. But to me, from the the snippets that I've seen, you know, Duffy looks healthy again. Uh, he's got his legs under him. He's he's out there. They're they're doing a lot of uh, run pass option sort of setup, and and that looks like a lot of the drills that they were going through. And and like we talked about, I mean, Dalian Ward's back. Joe Wallace is back. A couple guys that are sitting out for, you know, focusing on academics sort of deal. Um, but it's still you know only practice two, practice three. So gotta gotta keep it up. Gotta get all that done through the off season. But um, if you can just add a guy like a Dalian Ward to your defensive backfield, I mean, I, I guess people forget because it's been a while. But I mean, everyone else in the Big Twelve wanted this guy, uh, Sands, maybe in Oklahoma or at Texas. So uh, he's a, a very explosive player. Um, and I think that you know when he's got his head on right, I think he can compete for the majority of the touches based on who else is in that room right now. Yeah, but I think the thing too that excites me is I think you could have a real two-headed monster with him and Trey King, who I think are your two most as far as like yards after contact. I think both those guys can get a lot done for you, and I think that 
how much more you're probably I don't know I'm not, I'm not going to say how much more you definitely want to want to run it, but I think how much how you want to be more balanced. I think that's a big deal, don't you? That both those guys are kind of built like that. Well, and exactly, and then to take it you know one step further, how what a luxury that would be from a talent and experience standpoint for a new quarterback to have in the backfield. Not only that, but you know, like you mentioned, the whole entire offensive line is back. You know, you have really depth all around. The the main questions are at receiver and quarterback. So um, it'll be interesting to see you know when they arrive to Midland, when do they arrive to Frisco? You know, who's taking what snaps and and who looks like what? I mean, I'm excited just to take some video in Frisco because that's going to be one of the times they're going to do all the shell drills and things like that but we'll actually get to see some true one-on-one scrimmage type stuff uh in depth i mean i know you guys will see that the majority of us will have to wait till frisco yeah we we'll get to see a little bit of it but but i think really in in frisco and and then some in midland and and back in lubbock in spring game is when we'll get to see really more of, of what this will look like as far as the what this looks like the thing i'm interested in too matt and and we talked to coach johns on saturday and it sounds like he's still kind of you know trying to get his bearings about him as far as just putting names to faces and, and getting ingrained in the system and uh really just, just kind of getting his feet under him which is which is expected i think for any first year guy that you hire as the oc uh who, who where you're keeping the same system as far as the building blocks of it and he's just got to kind of come in and learn some of it but uh, something I did ask him on, on, on Sunday whenever we talked to him was, you know, what's, what's the thought on tight ends? Are you going to use many? Uh, because that's a thing in his wherever he's been in OC or wherever he's coached is they've always used one or two tight end sets, I mean, constantly. And you just haven't really ever done that at Tech at all, you know, in the past couple of years. I mean, so, sure, sure, some you've started to in some short yardage packages, and they've tried to kind of use some guys as tight ends as a, a bit. But that's what it interested me is, is – is how much do we see this offense morph at all this spring? And then, you know, after the spring, does a bunch change in the summer going into the fall? Because I, I, I just want to know what his ultimate influence is schematically on the offense. Agreed. And, and I mean, we talked about the tight end position before, too. It doesn't um, – I mean, you'll see I, – I, I guess it goes back to the limited video and limited insight into practice, but, you know, a guy that could – you know, be on the field doing some of that as a Dante Thompson. I mean, right. as a junior, I mean, he's probably a lot bigger of a guy. I don't have the roster right in, in front of me, but yeah. So, I mean, I, I know he's definitely a solid six, three, if anything, and, and 235, 240 pounds. So he could definitely play a role, uh, whether or not that ends up being his permanent spot or, or what he does. But those are the two guys, or that's the the main guy, I'm sorry, that I could see helping them out this season. And then after that, I know they've got some walk-ons and some other guys that could Tyler slide Carr's into a, a role. Yeah, Tyler Carr is a guy that played some fullback last year. That's, I mean, he was started out as a defensive end, and he's like 6'5", like 250 or 260. So I think he could maybe fit that mold too. Agreed. Agreed. So. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just depends um, kind of – what they want to do there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. They had a couple guys in this weekend that could eventually fit that role. Um, but more so like, how are they actually going to use it? What does that guy do? I think if they need someone to, to kind of block and some, someone to sneak off for some short yardage, uh, routes. I mean, I think, uh, Dante Thompson could be perfect for that. Um, we know he has the hands and, and now we just need to see it in action. So uh, I think that could shape what they do on the recruiting trail. It's really yet to be seen though. No, it is. It, it, it's yet to be seen what uh, what they're going to do there as far as what they do at tight end. And, and like I said again, too, it may be a deal where they fill out the personnel and Coach John just kind of rolls with their, I mean, your traditional system here this spring 
or maybe they kind of test out a couple things and uh, you know just kind of get a litmus test on what they feel they have. And then in the summer, I think would probably be when he and Coach Kingsbury really, if they really want to overhaul a lot of things, when they really try to to overhaul some things and uh, move some things around because. The run game just where wherever Coach Johns has been has been pretty different than what Tech has done. And I think that's really a big reason why they brought him in is for the run game. So that'll be the thing that I'm really watching for here this spring is do we see many differences as far as the run game scheme goes, as far as uh, what I can tell with my naked eye, are there any big differences? Because it just keeps sounding like that you're trying to be more of a balanced offense. And I think that I like that. I think that that's definitely the direction you need to go in. I think that everyone in the Big 12 defensively has figured out all these pass-happy offenses as far as if you can run a you know one of these three double-cloud defenses where you know you kind of cover up everything that are all these short and intermediate routes that, that are the bread and butter of these offenses while not sacrificing you know a ton of your over-the-top coverage. I think that it, it really makes things hard on a lot of these offenses. So, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll find out more as the spring goes on. And uh, like Matt said, uh, we have got our first uh, scrimmage up here in a couple weeks. On the 24th is in Midland, and then the 7th in Frisco after that, and then the 14th in Lubbock. So three weekends in a row are when you'll get a chance to see this uh, see this tech uh, see this tech tech football team in action. So eager to see well, that, what we're going to get, though. I think what we can do too in the meantime, in the dog days of the off season, is you know maybe. I was thinking uh, one team at a time, we can kind of see what changes are going on throughout the Big 12 because uh, a lot of our peers have podcasts and things like that. Maybe we can bring them on to, to give us the high-level bullet points, if you will. But uh, just like Tech's replacing a, a quarterback and trying to find this and that, you know, we'll learn about what's going on. And, and for example, in Oklahoma, who's replacing Baker Mayfield? You know, what's the latest and greatest? I mean, especially for me, when you just look at Oklahoma alone, they're replacing so much talent, you know, and I know they recruit well, but it's not always easy to just simply replace these guys, especially a Heisman Trophy winner and an Outland Trophy winner and all these first rounders that and second rounders. Pure talent doesn't always mean you become a better team either. Well, certainly, certainly. And so, I mean, just as one example, just to kind of see what's it, what else is going on, because I think that, you know, when you hear that compared to what Tech's got going on, you can sort of, you know, do the thing in the offseason where you start to, to do some team rankings and looking at the schedule to see uh, where you catch those guys. If you got them early in the season, maybe they're still gelling. Maybe they're still putting those things together. Um, and then we get into our predictions. So it'll all start rolling downhill before we know it. And and the you know the summer will be here, so I'm I'm pumped. I'm ready to see this uh, see this thing in action, and uh, and that's all I've got. Yep, same for me, Matt. Yeah, I guess uh, before we close this thing out, anything else you wanted to touch on or mention before we uh, we wrap it up? No, check out the Junior Day reactions. We'll yeah. keep adding some of those. We'll have some more in the uh, Red Raider Confidential. Uh, but again, I mean, final thoughts were a lot of kids on campus. Very positive weekend. Uh, for the Red Raiders, and uh, all the feedback was uh, was glowing. So uh, pretty pretty interesting to see, you know, how some of the improvements around the program and uh, how you know some of the new coaching staff uh, was received. And so there's a lot of good info in there. Um, and as always, you know, get on here, ask us questions, and and we'll get with you and and get you those answers as soon as possible. One hundred percent agreed. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of the Victory Bells podcast. He's Matt. I'm Will. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. See ya.